Jesus. <clears throat> we thank you for allowing everybody to gather here today to worship you, to come together and to welcome all those that hopefully are seeking you and give them the opportunity to find you, Lord. We pray that you would give John Paul the words, um, use him in every aspect that you would desire. Um, Bless all the children that are here. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey. Thank you. Okay, guys, my verse today comes from Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and 29, I think. I want to read it to you here real quick as we get it up. On my phone, you bet. My horse going to do a little preaching, too. Actually, Doc Keeney's horse. But So, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Coming up. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I want to read this again. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And then in 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There's two things that come up in in both of those verses. The last of it ends with rest. And the reason that it's so important in your lives, you guys are starting into a life and your life is going to be busy. And a lot of it's going to be difficult. And you're going to make decisions along the way that get really heavy or are maybe bigger than you. And along the way, from today's message, I hope that there's a little seed planted in you that you know that, that truly... If we let if we if we go to trust in God and let him start making our decisions and our choices that we can have rest that we don't have to be under that intense pressure that we get from making our own choices. So as we go into life remember this always in him there is rest in the choices we make just more busyness more pressure pray with me real quick. Father I love you. We need you. We can't make a single decision right without you. Not one. And Father, I also, I thank you, and it's kind of intimidating that you would trust us, that you would trust us with these young people right here before me. But as a body, you did. And so we have a responsibility to them to to plant truth in them, to protect them, to nurture them, to pray for them. Father, I pray your hand would be upon them all the days of their lives and you would have opportunity to, to develop them into the, into, the, into the people that you designed them to be, into the great warriors and, and warrioresses that you designed them to be for your kingdom. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. You know... As I got ready for today's message, I, I kind of knew what I was supposed to do for some time. 
and I just didn't know how I was supposed to go about it or 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 uh, what I was supposed to use for the for the beginning hook and then I got to thinking about this horse right here this horse actually belongs to Jim Keeney and uh, though he hasn't liked worship all that much so far um, he's a pretty nice horse and here uh, a month or so ago I don't remember the time frame but here a while back Doc was riding him and I was trying to teach Doc to uh, to start learning how to cut and this horse knows more about cutting than Doc did um, and Doc got real nervous about that because he got the feeling like that he was going to mess him up and so as he was in Jock's insecurity pretty soon I stopped him and I don't remember my exact words but the gist of what I told him is this I said Doc this horse has one purpose in life and that's serving you he's your horse and his purpose is to serve you. So quit worrying about whether you're going to mess him up or not. Let him serve you. Us, as God's children, we got to keep in mind that we have a purpose. We have a much greater master than he did on that day. But the truth of the matter is, is we have a purpose, and that's serving our God. And if we, as we learn to truly serve Him, we'll start to understand that His yoke is easy, and His burden's light. And I get to thinking about that. You know, last week in in Acts nine, the sixteenth verse is talking about Saul before he became Paul, and in there is talking about that that he was. God's chosen instrument, and, I, and I've thought a lot about this, and actually after church I talked to several people about this verse that hangs us up, because we all know that we're chosen, but then that next verse in there says in 16, it says, and I have not yet showed him what he must suffer for my namesake. That terrifies us. And it don't go real good with the verses that we just read. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light and you'll find rest for your souls. So how does those two things go together? How could it be that we must suffer for his namesake, which scares us? And then he says, my yoke is easy and that yoke scares us. He said, but my burden is light. And you will find rest. And he goes on, you will find rest for your souls. And so I've thought about that a lot. You know, how does all of that stuff blend together? How could that be? And I can only tell you from my own experience, you know, the things that seem like and the things that are are not the same. A year ago, a year ago Thursday, Mark called me and he asked me about coming here. He asked me to look at it is what he asked me. And I'm going to tell you what I told him. I said, Mark, it sounds a lot like going to prison to me. <laughs> I've told, it, it scared me. But in that, I also told him, but I'll look, because I didn't want to be disobedient. What I didn't expect, I expected it to be busy. I expected it... 
with a large congregation to be overwhelming with with I didn't expect the freedom that I would find in the work of it all that truly in the work of it all I found a level of freedom that I had never achieved before that day and so truly his yoke is easy and his burden is light and I found rest for my soul I'm going through you know last week we talked about we talked about that in the new year and I hope that you're praying about this that you're getting ready prayerfully in the new year we are going to seek out we're going to seek out your gifting and then as that we're going to springboard off of that into your calling I believe that a very high percentage of America today does not have any idea of either one of those things more know about their gifting because they're start they have a certain level of self-awareness few know about their calling and the reason is is that verse terrifies us that verse that 916 for I you I have not yet shown you what you must not suffer for my namesake you're like oh but the truth of the matter is last week and it's the truth the reason that Saul went forward even once he knew is because he knew it was worth it. What I didn't say last week and I want to expand on this week is not only was it worth it, but there was freedom in it and there was rest for his soul. Do you know that he was zealous to wipe out Christians at the time he was very zealous why was that it's because he was trying to cleanse the earth of what he presumed was polluting God's world God's way he was zealous but I get to thinking about how empty he was in his zealousness how the pain as he was trying is like this is not quite it so I got to do more once he learned what he must suffer for Christ's namesake, he also learned to have peace in his soul. He also learned to be content later on. And he said, I've, I've learned to be content in all things and what I have and what I don't have when I have much and when I have little. Why? Because it's God's. I, I've loved, I have loved for some time now. Um, in Revelations 3, 7, where it says, he is the one that what he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. And when we get him in charge of the doors of our life, the freedom that comes from that, he lets us off the hook of all these decisions that are so heavy. Our own yoke is so weighted. And it is so empty. And there's that longing for in our soul for more. But in our obedience, there's the freedom, that freedom that we've been longing for that whole time. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, it's hard, and it's heavy, and it's awesome. It, was, it is the battle I was created to fight. As I'm talking to you, I'm telling you that each and every one of you here, whether you know what it is yet or you don't, there is a battle that you were created to fight very specifically, specially 
for a very specific time in a very specific season, and that's coming up. And I don't want you to miss it. I want to be in it with you. I want us as a body to go in it forward. We, we know that we lived in messed up times. Turn on the news for 30 seconds. It's craziness. And here we are in this time with a very specific set of gifts. Each and every one of us to go into this battle to make a difference. I want to read. I want to go forward now. I want to to go. So from this. So we know we've got a specific set of gifts. We know that his burden, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What confuses us is how do we know? Just like just like when I was preparing for this message, just like a year ago when Mark talked to me first about looking into this church body, suddenly I had an unction. How did I know that that unction was the Holy Spirit and not something I come up with in my own head? I want to clear that up for you all today so that you will know from this point forward, from today forward, you will know that if what this unction in you is something that you're coming up on your own or something that God is impressing upon you. So if you would, if you would turn with me first to 2 John. And then we're going to back up to 1 John uh, 4. But first we're going to go 1 John. Uh, we're going to go 2 John, then we're going to back up to 1 John. First, 2 John 5. We're going to read 5 and 6. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Now listen to this. I am writing you to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. From the very first day one i tell you what google up love god and see how many verses tie in with god loving us or us loving god or us loving each other it's crazy the bible from front to back is filled with this theme i'm going to read it again i'm right i'm writing to remind you dear friends that we should love one another this is not a new commandment but one we have had from the beginning and then verse six love means doing what god has commanded us what has he commanded us let's go back and read five again i'm writing to remind you dear friends that we should love one another this is not a new commandment but one we have had from the beginning Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another. Just as you heard from the beginning. A year ago, in my fear, in my uncertainty, and I came here on this 
day a year ago, this Sunday a year ago, the, week, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and I spoke to y'all, and I was really intimidated by all of it. I had this completely different picture in my mind of how I was supposed to. I knew that I was called to, to minister to people, and I knew that I was called to, to, to preach or speak. But I had this picture in my mind of doing it in an arena somewhere, on dirt, on grass, to about 15 people. I mean, really. And, so, and then I also knew that Bo's style was different than mine and, and, and our theologies were a little bit different, though what we basically believed was the same. And so I knew that the basic teaching before me was some different. And so that intimidated me. And I'm like, boy, I'll do it. But I'm not sure I'm the guy, you know, because I'm different from what was here before. And I can't not be different. But when I was here that day, there was two things that in my unction again, and we're going to clear this up here in a little bit before I'm done today. But in my unction, there was two things that were really clear in my mind that day. One of them was, I didn't know what this body needed in 20 years. But I was crystal clear that what the body needed on that day was the gift that I come with. And that was to love people. He told me so clearly, though I didn't hear it in words, I heard it in an unction. Again, how did I know it was from the Holy Spirit? I will clear that up in a second. But I heard it inside of me. He said, value my people. Love my people. And so with everything that I have had in me for the last year, that's really all I've done. I show up on Sunday and I work for about 30 minutes and the rest of the week, I just love on folks. It's what he asked me to do. And it's contagious. And as I watch, because of what he put inside of me to do, I watch you guys love on each other. It's amazing. It's incredible. I want to back up now to 1 John 4. 7. So we can clear up this unction thing. So we know when the living God is speaking to us. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Ouch. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be honest. Every one of us in here has a place in our, in our spirit inside of us that doesn't do this real well. We have a spot that we haven't let God be in control of. Some of us, the spot is bigger. Some of us, the smaller. But the truth is, every one of us is guilty here. When we read this, you're like, ugh. My actions... 
were not loving in this way. My thoughts, I acted loving, but I wasn't feeling it. But everyone who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. Nine, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Sacrificed everything so others could be okay. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins, to give us a shot. Eleven, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. So how do we know about this unction? I'm going to finish reading this section, but this unction. How do we know that it's of the living God and not something that we come up with in our own head? I'm going to tell you right now that it is not going to be too far off if it is about loving God and loving people. So if you get an unction and at the center of that unction is loving God and loving people, it ain't going to be too far off. And it's probably going to be dead on. If it's something else, it's probably going to be something you came up with on your own. And it's easily corrected. You're like, whoop. I know for a fact I'm, loved, I'm called to love people. The people that I'm around every day, the people that watch my actions, the people that see me, the people that I talk to on the phone, the people I see in business, the people I see in church, the people I drive by, the people that are turn, got the right blinker on and they're turning left. People. 13, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. We're not alone. And there is a helper and there is a spirit in us and he does guide us. And he is always going to guide us to loving our God and loving people. The rest of it he's going to clear up. Each of us has a very unique set of gifts for the advancement of the kingdom, bringing other people into the fold. The fold of what? The fold of loving God and loving people. If it's different than that, it's not going to be quite right. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world and all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. As I close right there, I just want you to get this too. It's always going to be about loving God and loving people. And in 15 it says, And all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. And it's always going to be Christ-centered and we're in that spot 
where we're wanting to do something less than loving. We're wanting to react in a way of our own desire. We're not, really, we're not going to want to include Jesus in the deal. And I've really noticed here lately that there's a time when the pressure's really on us and we in our humanness do not want to utter the name of Jesus. We want to handle it in a less than loving way. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we fight through that and we start proclaiming his name, this is God's. This is Jesus. He's in charge of the doors. And no matter, you know what? I love him anyways. All that that was so big ain't so big anymore. It's crazy how it'll, how it'll change in an instant. Pray with me. Father, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for showing us that we're yours and we have a purpose and that purpose is serving you and how we serve you is by loving you and loving people. That's it. Oh yeah, we got other gifts and talents and the battle looks a little different than that sometimes, but the truth, uh, the basic truth of all of that is is that we're to love you and love people. And if we're in your presence for any length of time, we can't help but love you. And when we start seeing people the way that you see them, we can't help but love people either. I just thank you for this. I pray that if anybody right now, right this second, has never turned their life over to you, that this moment they're seeking you they're searching you they're asking you to come into their life and father I also pray that for the rest of us that we that we are determined to leave this meeting today with all that we do and all that we say and every action, loving you and loving people. And I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power. And I thank you for your people. And I praise you for all of it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.